screen and we'll get the intro music going. You guys ready? Indeed. Okay, here we go. Stiff again. Where is she this week now? I have no idea. I think she's filming, doing something on set. For, oh, I'm, I'm on sure set. dance, I'm dancing on with the stars. I'm more important than you. I'm on set. <laughs> for sake, we'll be back. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, we're rolling now, aren't we? I mean, we get, we're going to bring yeah. the music up? Um, we can if we want. Okay, we so need... kids, I'd just like to point out to you that a couple of professionals got on and did one take on a 60 and one take on a 30. Why? Because that's just what we do. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. What's your paid to the do? the clock in the head, Tom. <laughs> That must. Yes, my head clock. That's yeah, exactly what it is. We could just go ahead and start the 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 segment because Lammers is ready to go and. Oh, lamb lamb mental's ready to go. I believe so. All right, works for me. Timmy, how are you, Pally? Uh, man, it's not Bob Schnooker's fault. <laughs> not Bob Schnooker's fault. Do you believe that Candace had? W w she wasn't even. She wasn't even, like, waiting in the womb. She, she wouldn't be born for another <laughs> She like, was a spark in somebody's eye. Look, yeah. um, I, I sent Tom a text over the weekend. You know, you guys were talking uh, earlier on the, in the week about how long you lasted with the Vikings and how I lasted until halftime. Even though they were leading, I stopped watching because I knew they would lose. And I ended the text with what, Tom? As Jerry Burns would say... Effers. Effers. Yeah. Effers. That's Except exactly right. I didn't say effers. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's such of a shame. But uh, well, let's not bring the conversation down. First of all, uh, congratulations on the new arrival in the Bernard Thank family. Thank very nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know this. Yep. Ethan James Barnard. Andy and his lovely wife, Melissa, had a baby on my birthday, Mike. What do you think of that? 
Now that's consideration. It really is. My <laughs> birthday is now no longer important. It's now no. Ethan's no one's birthday. ever going to pay any attention to your birthday again. Uh, you're right. I'm out. And I, I have that problem every year with me and Jesus because I'm on. <laughs> you and Jesus. Yeah, me too. Try to get along if you possibly could. But uh, anyway, so yes, congratulations there. And also, uh, longtime KQ listener uh, Francis uh, says, can you do me a favor and please wish Tom a happy birthday? So happy birthday from Francis. He's been listening since the mid-90s to The Q and, of course, the the podcast. So I wanted to pass that along because the listeners are everything, man. Well, I got to tell you, Francis McDormand's always been really nice to me. This is a male, Francis. <laughs> this, is this, a is male. Franny, this is not Franny McDormand. Not no, Franny I'm McDormand. Sorry. I do love her, though. I really do. Well, that's very nice. Thank you, Francis. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate that immensely, as a matter of fact. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know where to start with the news today. What, what do you got today, Timmy? Well, you know what? I mean, I'm trying to get back into the entertainment movie thing, entertainment slash movie thing, because obviously the last couple of weeks with important elections and all that kind of stuff coming up, I got my personal stuff in the way. And uh, but I have to tell you, man, I watched uh, incredibly depressing and riveting documentary on HBO Max called what happened, Brittany Murphy? Oh, Remember the actress, uh, Brittany yeah. Murphy? Oh, God. I went in the, down the whole Brittany Murphy rabbit hole like two weeks ago, remember? I was yeah. talking about it. Oh, yep. did you really, yeah, Alex? Did. Man, you yeah. have to see this because, first of all, looking back at her career, because she did die 12 years ago in 2009. She was only 32, but uh, her life was consumed by this a sociopath uh, bottom feeder as somebody called the, him in the in the movie in right, the documentary right. um, his name was Simon Modenjack and the amount of control that he exercised on her career is incredible she really was a talented actor I didn't really even oh, yeah. realize it at the time yep. but you know they just showed her and you could just tell she, she was such of a natural and uh, once that guy infiltrated her life it went to complete shit. And I mean, you have to see this. It's a two part documentary and all it's about two hours long. But uh, oh, my God, you know, Hollywood is a poisonous place anyway. But this leech that got on uh, that attached to her and attached himself to several other people. Unbelievable. So, yes, if you want some compelling stuff, watch the movie or the documentary. What happened? Brittany Murphy exclamation point because they uh, as in all the experts etc co-stars filmmakers psychologists or coroners whatever you know everybody's trying to point a finger at whether <coughs> this Simon Monjack who died six months after Brittany Murphy right. might yeah. have had something to do with her death and uh, oh god it's just mind blowing this stuff but I love it you know I love documentaries just as much as I love regular narrative films in fact a lot of times they're better <laughs> you know they, they really grab you and don't let you go for a couple hours so put that one number one on your streaming list i will do that i got to mention one thing to you by the way i won't say who it was even though you'd know who it is that's all i'm uh-huh. saying but uh, the first time he met Catherine, he was staring at her and he would look at me and then he would look at her and he would look at her and then he'd look over at me again and then he said to me when she was out of earshot, only Brittany Murphy married worse than your wife. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel so much better about myself now. Really great. Really great. Yeah. Can you imagine me trying to tee up Catherine to kill Catherine? I'd, I'd last about five minutes. I'd be dead. <laughs> It's, it's an amazing documentary, and, and uh, you know, the signs were everywhere, though. That's the whole thing. You know, you're worrying about Catherine finding out about a plot. <laughs> she <laughs> yeah, exactly. would see this one a trillion miles away. Exactly right. And there, like, the way that she died was so obscure. But what happened? Mm-hmm. And she had pneumonia. Oh, yes. God. And Bronchial she had, pneumonia. yeah, and she had a couple, and she had a heart problem 
like and a minor had, heart and, problem. And she had narcotics well, in her system. Oh, she did. Tons she had of narcotics, and she was anemic to oh, the point she should God, have been hospitalized. Sad. Yeah, she had an eating disorder. So I Which, think. Well, they know she, 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 she said that she oh, did. D- well, there are people that are adamant that they're like she never had an eating disorder. Oh, because they said that. I mean. I don't know. There's been conflicting things because yeah. she lost a lot of weight real quick. Yeah. And then and yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if that kind of played a part in her anemia and causing her to have other health issues, heart issues and all that. Because when you don't eat, yeah. it destroys your body. Well, and the narcotics that were in her system were like cold medication and like stuff that you can take for it was like all over the counter stuff that you can take for having a cold i think well this is going to shed a bit more light on that and also too i have to point out this simon monjack died of basically the same thing yeah pneumonia Mm -hmm. and and uh prescription drugs he was also found in the same bathroom where Brittany died. Oh, yeah. God. It's like the way that they, yeah, it was, it's a very weird, for some reason, I don't even know why, but I went down the Brittany Murphy rabbit hole because I, for some reason, thought that she died of a drug overdose, just yeah. like a, you know, regular heroin or whatever. <clears throat> and then I read all the stuff and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is such a, cr-. I was texting one of my friends and I was like, did you know about this? What is going on? This is so crazy. Yeah, it's really weird. And there's no way that they can, oh, and then there was a whole thing with her dad who she was estranged from was blaming, mm-hmm. blaming his mom to, and said that she had heavy metals in her system. Yeah, I'm reading, reading it right, right now. Yeah. The, the official <clears throat> cause of death was pneumonia. Yeah. But um, her father had them take tissue samples and do independent testing, which they found heavy metals uh, evaluated that detected uh, levels higher than the World Health Organization suggests. So, well, and, and that's addressed in the documentary, too. And it was it was actually hair samples that they took. Yep. And they figured it out. They said that this stuff could come from hairsprays or hair dye because she dyed her hair a lot. I believe she was naturally a brunette. Yeah. And she changed her hair, you know, quite a bit throughout her career. And uh, this they had Dr. Cyril Wecht, you know, famous um, uh, pathologist, uh, a coroner on on this documentary as well and he concluded he said yeah there's no way that she was poisoned although that's what the estranged father was trying to claim so yeah this covers a lot of bases including that so yeah i'm really interested to watch it because that like reading all the stuff it seems all very confusing and like something fishy could have been happening or could have all just been like a weird well coincidence or you know yeah, the best conclusion, Alex, I think that they draw, and, and I, hopefully I'm not giving away too much, you still have to see this, was that, you know, if, if Simon Monjack was culpable of anything, if you just want to pin one thing on him, is that why did he not get her into the hospital? Why did he not get her right. help? Wait, and Which her, could have saved her life. Yeah, and her mother was living with them, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's strange, too, because yeah. they had a very weird relationship. They were on oh. Larry King together. They were on yeah. uh, the mm-hmm. Today Show with that charmer of a guy, Matt Lauer. <laughs> you know, they, Matt. they made appearances together afterwards, and they were their behavior toward each other was very strange, where you almost wonder, is he and her, are they? And, um, you know, but again, this was this guy's power of manipulation that went back to his childhood because they um, interviewed his mother and brother, who still seemed to think he was an okay guy for some reason. Um, but uh, they said, yeah, he, he was a charmer. He could, he could manipulate anybody. So, yeah, it's, it's such a fascinating deal and, and ultimately tragic because, yes, uh, you know, this whole thing with the um, anorexia or, or bulimia claims and all that sort of stuff, you know, some people wanted to believe it. Some people figure, well, this is Hollywood. This is, this is the way things, people do things. But, right. um, you know, obviously there are a lot of other people that are indirect, uh, indirectly um, responsible, I guess, in a way for her behavior. A certain famous uh, nationwide radio dish jockey man. A dish you know, was, man. Uh, you know, outward calling her, oh, the fat chick in uh, Clueless. You know, saying stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that obviously when you're a fragile actor what? and you take everything to 
to to heart. I mean, that's gonna mess with your psyche, and next thing you know, it you're going down that rabbit hole with yeah. the whole weight thing. Yeah. And then they had Perez Hilton interviewed in this thing, and they confronted him, saying, you know, in a lot of ways, you were kind of responsible for Ooh. the way that you would Perez Hilton, yeah, mm-hmm. that blogger. Uh, he confronted him, saying, you're responsible for all the awful things you said about her, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but I'm sure he looks at the whole thing as a, a another grab for publicity being in this documentary. So it doesn't matter if they call him out on the crap or not. So, yeah, they, they interview a lot of notable people, a lot of people you would know. The worst mistake, <clears throat> I will say, they somehow get these true crime um they're like social media stars, you know, that probably weren't even born before Brittany Murphy had a career who uh, claim to know everything about the case. And they're, one of them is constantly doing her makeup while she's being interviewed. It's like, what the hell is this crap? Well, that's actually it, it, a new thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it it's, is. It's so annoying. And in the context of this documentary, because they had enough people to make the picture clear we didn't need those people so are they going for a younger demo with this documentary by putting them in there or what i don't know well you always in medicine you always try to find the diagnosis which explains as much of the symptoms as much of the of the pathophysiology as you can and clearly the diagnosis that explains pretty much everything that she was going through is anorexia Oh, really? That explains low blood, a weak heart because she's, she's eating up all the protein in her heart. She doesn't have the mass to clear her lungs for the pneumonia. She's, you know, it, it just, it, it just, she was skinny. She was in a profession that you're at risk for that. She's estranged from her dad. Was there some sort of uh, abuse by her father, by her family at some point? All those, are that all, it all sort of comes together. I think that's what the problem was. Well, and all the so, roads so lead to this, Simon. Mis- yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and the he, Simon guy, they, you could not, the only way you could contact her, he disconnected the lines because you got to remember this was in the 90s and 2000s, early 2000s. But, he, you know, he had all the lines disconnected. The only way you could talk to Brittany was through Simon. And oh, it got to God. the point where he fired her whole team. She didn't have an agent. She didn't have a manager. The guy was even doing her makeup, for Christ's sakes. Oh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he wouldn't let like anybody touch her. Well, that, and, uh, oh, it's just shocking, the stuff that goes on in this documentary. Well, so I've got to tell you, though, I agree with Mike Gelfand when he said his name was Murphy, so he's probably a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you say that, Mike? I thought I heard you. I'm pretty sure, well, if I didn't say it then. <laughs> to me, the saddest part about all this is this, just the knowledge that she wasn't a natural blonde. <laughs> You're very upset. Very upset. Uh, I mean, I hate to be. And I know that may sound shallow, although I certainly don't see it that way. But. No, no, <laughs> not at all. I understand completely. No getting around it. You know. Yeah. I don't know. It's that that honest God, Tim. That's such a sad. How old was she when she died? Thirty-two. Oh God. Oh man. I know all of her friends apparently were just like she was just so sweet and wonderful Uh, and thoughtful and she was such a kind genuinely nice person and so it's yeah well you know Tom knows this very well I mean all everybody knows that you know you, you you're around people like that for a number of years you interview people you can tell who's faking it and who's genuine right yeah sadly not a lot are genuine uh, you know, maybe at least not in interviews, but, you know, maybe they're genuine outside of that. But this is the weird thing. I mean, you could see this documentary and you could tell she was the real deal. I mean, what she was giving people, it was it was her. I mean, so that that I think just makes it that much more tragic. I mean, she was a sweet, innocent girl who grew up with a single mother um, who had a natural talent and found her way to greatness. And then along that road. She meets somebody who, again, consumes her entire life, yep. and then everything is just complete. It, it implodes. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, from what I could see in this thing, it's like, you know what? I never interviewed her, you know, um, but you could just tell the whole time that she was very genuine. And that and that's sad. I mean, it's really, really sad. That That's the ultimate thing. I mean, I didn't look at her... You know, like any of this was her fault during the thing. I mean, right. she just 
you know, there's this need for actors to be loved and accepted, right? I mean, they, mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, you know, she was one of those people that just wanted, she aimed to please, and, and but she was real. I mean, that that's the whole thing. She was a real person, and uh, it was so sad. It, I, that's the, that's, there's an underlying sadness throughout the whole thing, watching it. Yeah. And then there's the anger because of the massive scumbaggery that is going on in front of everybody's eyes and nobody could really do anything about it because this guy, you couldn't get, you couldn't get, uh, you couldn't have an audience with him, you know? Yeah. He was considered a silent abuser. I don't know if he physically abused her, but yeah, I yeah. Mean, he completely controlled her life. And as the relationship, cause I, I love Brittany Murphy. I'd follow everything on what she was doing. I mean, she just had that vibe, that yeah. personality that you just clung mm-hmm. to and you just loved it about her. And you could see that spark dim gradually gradually as she was with simon oh and really then, yeah you could just see yeah. it in pictures like just that yeah. that spark in her face and her eyes was dimming okay i gotta ask the two women on the show today mm-hmm. he wasn't exactly a looker what the hell did you <laughs> see I, I, yeah it's when they first came out i'm like i mean what I'm, the I'm hell cool here but yeah, yeah, yeah it's a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black yeah. 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 Father, I mean, like, yeah. oh, was he really? Oh, I didn't know. He was I don't that know much how older. old he was, but he he didn't. They didn't look right together. No, I, at no, all. no. Yeah. He's easily the sort of guy that you would look at and say, "Oh, that's that's her scummy manager." Yes, <laughs> like, yes. No. That's what he, he looked like a, a yes. PR person oh, totally. or something. I like it. Yeah, so it definitely capitalists put it on there. It, yeah. It'll make you sad. Uh, mm-hmm. It says I'm trying to look at. How old this Simon Monjack was? He was forty when he died. I think he looked a lot older. She was thirty-two. Uh, she was thirty-two. And that's she was right. thirty-two. He looked he looked older than that. But again, just one more thing, touching on the genuine part of her. Uh, you know, naturally, with a lot of these documentaries, they'll show old videos of when they they were kids and they wanted you know their early things when they were acting in high school and all that sort of stuff. And she definitely was that same person that you saw as a kid that you got as an adult. It really didn't, fame didn't really seem to change her at all. But this guy was a scammer of the highest degree. Mm-hmm. And you're going to find out other things. Again, I don't want to spoil too much, but it's like you're shocked when you hear it, but at the same time, you're not surprised when you hear it. No, so. that's very, very true. Well, this is getting worse for me because I just got a couple of email messages saying, oh, so he was exactly the same uh, difference in age as you and Catherine. Eight years. <laughs> it's getting worse by the minute here. <laughs> by the minute. And right after your birthday. Wait a second, Tom. You're part English. Simon Monjack was English. Yeah, see, there you okay. go. That's Dad. what I'm saying. Yeah, can you see me making a move on your oh, mother? God. No. Oh, that'd my go God. really well for oh, me. Oh, my God. It would be hilarious. <laughs> that'd go really well. Don't ever fall asleep, Tom. I'm just telling you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be pulling back his thump. <laughs> the end of it right <laughs> there. there. I don't know. That that stuff is... So I, we were talking about that, uh, not this particular case. We were talking about these, these guys that... Uh, you know, oh, it was Michael Landon, apparently. He... As handsome as he was, as talented he was, he just couldn't he couldn't stay married to anybody. And he died very, very young from, I think, boozing it up. You know, talking about these, I just don't understand. If you married someone, why, you know, unless they change a lot, then I understand. But I don't understand why it's so hard for people to get along. Kathy and I have been together over 40 years. I love her more today than I ever have. So what is that? I don't know. I think obviously it's part of the culture out there. It's part of this, um, you know, people willing to do anything to get ahead. And, uh, you know, uh, if you've got somebody that can realize that they have that sort of sway where, oh, yeah, I can help you. I can introduce you to this person. And, of course, that involves something else. You know, I think it's just part of that cesspool out there because it is a cesspool. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and uh, you know, I think that's part of it. I mean, he was a big star. I mean, he was, uh, what, Bonanza first you're talking about, Michael yeah. Landon. And, I, yep. and I don't want to talk yep. about him in a, in a negative sort of way, but right. I think he actually died of prostate cancer. Oh, is that what yeah. he died of? Yeah. But, you know, it's sad. But, I mean, <laughs> there was a, I, I believe I mentioned this a long time ago. 
um, when the uh, book came out. It was about Andy Griffith and Don Knotts. Oh, sure, yeah. And those boys like to get around, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's like you could have this completely innocent demeanor, uh, this feel about you, this aura about you, but that's the public face of them. What happens behind, behind that, and I'm not making any accusations, I just heard that there were quite a few dalliances uh, surrounding those two those two fellas. So, you know, the, again, I, I, it's it's a culture. It's just it sadly, sadly a way of doing things. And and this whole thing with the anorexia and, and all that sort of stuff. And she didn't seem to show it a lot, but they did touch on the cosmetic surgery too, Dr. Basham. And, uh, you know, oh, how, yeah. you know, there, there, there's obviously that. That's great. <laughs> well, well, you, you just, you know, but I look at that. There's one photo of her and she looks cachectic. She is, she does not have the full cheek. She's lost all of the, the mm-hmm. subcutaneous fat of her upper chest. Her, her arms are much, much thinner. If that's not a picture of uh, anorexia, I don't know. But I, I think she just, also, I think, had this illusion that everybody was analyzing her body. Well, I'm sorry. That, oh, that's a shot. I'll take that shot. Right you know, but, but, it, but that's a reality. That's a reality of. Uh, well, sure, yeah. Right. That's well, reality yeah. of Hollywood. Yep. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. We got to take a break here, so I'll, I'll tell a very quick story to go go into the uh, into the break here. And I don't know why this is sticking to my mind because I suppose it has to do with, you know, getting together with Catherine and having kids and all that stuff. But for some reason, Alex, it popped in my head. We were at Fest. Remember when we first moved to Dayton, we had to go to Festival Foods. It was about a, like a 10-mile drive to the closest store. I absolutely do not because I was an infant. Well, I know. You were little. You were you were, you were were a little girl. The only thing I ever remember, the earliest I remember is having to drive into Maple Grove. Yeah, that's where it was in Maple Grove, Festival Foods. I thought we went to Byerly's. Well, yeah, that came after Festival Foods. Okay, but the yeah, I don't I even remember bring it Festival Foods. We have a Festival Foods by our house. We're in line. Mom's in line. I'm in line. <clears throat> you're in line, and Andy's in line. And the guy in front of us, and this popped in my head because of that whole body thing you just did. Okay, Ralph? There's a guy in front of us that weighs probably about a five spot. Okay, <laughs> weighs about five hundo. Five Iowa units. And Andy's just staring at him. And Andy at this time is about probably six years old, something like that, five or six years old. And he's staring at the guy and staring at the guy staring at the guy. And finally he says to the guy, you know what? You look like Chris Farley. <laughs> I think he meant it as a compliment, but it didn't come across as a yeah. compliment. Oh. Well, well you should have asked him if he lived in a van down by the river. Down by the river, exactly. <laughs> we'll take a break. Be right back with Mike Gelfand, with Tim Lammers, and everybody in studio. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listener? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank 
bank, when they referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike's making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146. Use the promo code TOM. Go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. We're rocking out, man. What do you think of that, We are back. Mike Gelfand is with us. Tim Lammers is with us. Um, I've been trying to find some TV shows to watch. And so there's a... God, what did I start watching? It's pretty good. And I can't remember the name. of Oh, um... American Rust. Mm. That, with Jeff, with Jeff Daniels. Exactly. Correct? What I did not like the first episode because I hate everyone in it because those are the exact kind of hammerheads <laughs> I grew up with. Well, that's the whole point, bastards. isn't it? Stupid white people. There's nothing worse than stupid white people. Stupid. <laughs> I'm white just here people. to tell you. All right. But yeah, they're just dirt bags in this town in Pennsylvania. Just ugh, God, but. How about you, Mike and Tim? You've been watching. Mike, what do you watch on TV? You you, you have any series you like to watch? Um, you know, I've I've uh, I have watched uh, American Rust. Yeah, oh, my you did? Uh, okay. my youngest son Sam put me on it, and uh, yeah, it's it's compelling. <laughs> it's compelling, but don't you just hate the people in it? God, they're nasty. Well, there's so much of that uh, these days on TV. It used to be that there'd be characters you like, but now there's shows like Succession where it's just a question of who you hate most. Yeah, that's you know? very true about that show. <laughs> you you know. argue with people. No, I hate, you know, it's just, yeah, well, whatever. They're all hateful. It's like watching the evening news. Hey, hey, Mike, I'm curious, who do you hate most on Succession? Would it be Logan Roy? I mean, he's the sort of guy I, I love to hate, but who is the well, most yeah. hateable guy? Yeah, he's 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 pretty bad. I I uh, God, I don't know. I it's there's because there's no sympathetic characters at all. Well, there's some you kind of feel pity for, yeah. like the kid, the, the, you know, the dopey. Um, yeah, the dopey cousin. Great. Yeah, yeah. He and I'm, uh, but I'm pretty sure he's going to wind up uh, dropping the dime on all of them. Ooh, yeah. there you go. I, I have no inside show. information. It just seems like it would make sense because they yeah. built him up as such a sap. What's that guy's name? The the old the, the father in it. What's his name in real life again? Brian Brian Cox. Brian Cox. He's really good. Yeah, he's Logan Roy. He's the head of the oh, whole he's show, hateable. and he he is he is incredibly hateful. But again, <laughs> he, he, really he is, is so damn good. He is such yep. of a great actor. He is. And uh, yeah, he's an easy one to call out. And you know, Mike says everybody's hateable, and it is true. But uh, you know, he's an easy target. But everybody, no. there's different yeah. layers of scumbaggery to these people. Oh, I like scumbaggery. The only problem I have is I watch the show, and then, you know, like like uh, someone will call me, and I'll say, oh, I was just watching some effing TV, you know. <laughs> and effing, you know like, <laughs> That's exactly right. It's exactly true. I do think, and my only criticism is that a lot of times it seems to me, and this is because I guess I grew up watching old-fashioned television, it seems to me like I, I get a little impatient for them to move the plot line along a little bit, you know? It seems like it's sort of more circular than linear. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, really, it, it, it really comes down to 
the son, <clears throat> played by Jeremy Strong, who is who's facing off against the old man all the time. It's like those two constantly right. butting heads. And I don't know, Tom and Catherine, everybody in studio, have you, are Micah and I the only ones who have seen the series? Because, um, you know, it's an interesting story about a Rupert Murdoch sort of right, right. dynasty where the old man is going to step back eventually. So basically, you got three of the four kids vying for who is going to be his successor and the level of uh, scumbaggery is my word of the day, yes. you know, that they will go to to stab each other in the back is amazing. But there are a lot and more people like, involved in that, too. And he's like any good father. He brings out the worst in all his kids. <laughs> <laughs> you you yeah. agree with that, Alex? What? Pay attention, for Christ's sake. I'm ordering my sandwich. Oh, she's ordering a sandwich. Oh, well. Here we go, Mike. Here we go. <laughs> no, Mike was just saying I'm a terrible with. father. That's all he was saying. What did you just say? You bring out the what? The worst, <laughs> you bring out the the worst, worst in your, in your children. Exactly. Uh -oh. eh, what are you going to do? Hey, I, I did uh, catch some of the, uh, oh, what was it, uh, Army of Thieves. Uh, you watched oh, the, you did. You did. The, Good. What do you think? Oh, it's a it's a curious admixture of uh, zombies, uh, sci-fi, uh, clairvoyance, and uh, just drama. It is a and a heist movie. It is a very interesting, complex kind of a movie with with, with sort of with sort of a sort of a, uh, a shine of uh, liberal arts with the references to the Ring Cycle. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting movie in that it comes after Army of the Dead, which is uh, a zombie heist thriller where a bunch of mercenaries go right. into Vegas, which has been walled off because of a zombie epidemic, and then these people go in, and amongst them is this uh, safe cracker. And yeah. so, Army of Thieves is a prequel to that, where we get his backstory, and and the actual zombie epidemic in Vegas is starting to break out, and you're seeing it in news reports and different things like that. So it's a very clever way of putting the story together. And there's going to be other series and movies connected to this Army universe, is what they call it. But yeah, I, I just like it because it's unique. It's funny, and and you got to admit the guy that plays the safecracker. He's this German actor and director. Actually, he directed the picture. Huh. He's really good. Very entertaining guy. Very interesting because he has sort of a he's very uh, Teutonic in appearance. <laughs> yeah, he... <laughs> very Teutonic. He's got the blonde hair, the blue eyes. It's a little bit too Aryan for my taste. But what I feel. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly right. I, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be sympathetic in that regard, and it, you know, it's just I. I don't know. He just, you know, he, he was. He was. He's just a little bit too, a little bit too blonde. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting, interesting uh, movie, and I'll try. I'll, I'll drag through the rest of it eventually. But it does drag. Some of these. It is a bit like uh, Mike said. It's a bit circular, and that you know, it's the same plot you know three times in a row because there's three safes so it's you know it, that's odd it's a very very good observation mike that you put out that it, some of these things are not as linear as you're used to or you would like and there's a there's just it's always coming back to something else and maybe that's the way uh, hollywood is now is that they're they're doing prequels and post schools or whatever you would call it yeah the, of all different storylines within the thing, and I think that's what we said about yeah. Dune. I think Dune's that way, is that now you're going to see all the prequels for all of the Dune, and it's going to create this Dune universe or uh, this, this whole system of, uh, of movies. And it's, that's just the way Hollywood is. They make a lot of money. Yeah, they're definitely what? caught in a cycle, a circular deal, where, again, they you, don't, you hardly ever get an original idea, and when you do, it's an independent film that nobody's going to see, sadly. Yeah. I'm still uh, I'm eagerly awaiting the the next season of Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, is it going to come next year? What's the deal there? I don't. I have not heard anything about that. But he Bob Odenkirk is damn good in that show. Yeah, well, he did have that. He it ended up being a heart, a heart attack, attack. Yeah, yeah, during attack, during yeah. production. So oh, well, that's right. That slows yeah, things that. down, and and the pandemic, the restrictions <clears throat> they have with with filming are still pretty strict. So I don't know if, you know, if that's going to delay it much more, but yeah, I, I think I thought that originally that was the delay and then he had the heart attack. I don't know, but that that's probably just about my favorite of 
everything I've seen in the last few years. That's ah, a good show. It is. Well, Mike, show. have you seen Nobody, the mm-hmm. film with Bob Odenkirk? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, I liked it's, it. Uh, oh, it's great. I did. I liked it. <laughs> How, wouldn't you, did, when you were watching that movie, didn't you just once in your life say, why couldn't I beat the piss out of people on a bus? Because <laughs> I've always wanted to just slug somebody because there are such pains well, in the Well, he didn't ass. really want to do it. He no, had he, to do it. <laughs> he had to do it, exactly. You're right. Well, you know, I, I mean, for me, the trauma starts just thinking about being on a bus. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right, Mike. That's exactly what I'm saying. No doubt about it. Bob Odenkirk shuts the door, empties the uh, bullets in his gun and says, I'm going to F you up. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was a great movie. Perfect guy to play that role, too. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect casting. No question. Well, the, you know, the interesting thing about that show is that it's it's really, there's far less to it than meets the eye. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not much better than, than your typical horror film with a few little twists to it, you know? Yeah, I suppose. It's, I suppose it is. I mean, you, 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 see, you, you see Bob Odenkirk... And you think, well, there's going to be some some prime time irony here, and there isn't. No, no, there's no, no, not at all, not at all. Except at, at the very end, who the hell are the good people that are fighting with him at the very end again? Oh. Was um, oh, oh yeah, the damn it, the the the, uh, the Russian, some, some gang. Mob. I can't remember who they are, but right. Plus you gotta remember you know, I guess Chris. that's the whole point of it. You don't even remember who they are. Yeah, exactly. No, that's true, yeah. That is true. So Plus you got Christopher Lloyd, though. That Christopher Lloyd. Oh. He's phenomenal. Yeah. He phenomenal. His, <laughs> didn't he play his dad? It was... Yes. Yeah, his oh, dad in did, the movie. Yeah. Oh, it was such a good movie. I was so hyper-focused on Bob Odenkirk's character because it was just like one of those things where you expect him to be a math teacher and he's sitting there whooping people's asses on buses and all this stuff and it was just fantastic i i just loved his role in that movie so for anybody who hasn't seen it and are waiting for better call Saul, that is something that will you you need to check out any bob odenkirk fan because he is he's he's brilliant in the movie i mean you have to admit it even though he is yeah yeah Looks like Better Call Saul season six, the setup for Breaking Bad, early 2022. So what I saw, I see early, on early 22, go. Mike. Early you're two. good to go. Just wait oh, out another boy. three, four months. Finally, I have a reason to live. <laughs> Finally, after all these years, your, your will to live is returned. That's wonderful to hear. <laughs> so happy for you. God, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> I uh, I got to ask everybody a question here yes. because this has happened throughout history and it, you know that I don't understand something about when when you have somebody as important as a former president of the United States and you're going to put them on stage in a foreign country don't you sit down and go remember where we are remember what we're doing here remember all the, you know what I'm talking about no is no. something recently just happened yeah, it just, what, ha- just what happened. now I believe it just happened yesterday. And again, I, I don't understand how, why his people let this happen. But it happens all across the board. Uh, Barack Obama was in uh, in Glasgow making a speech yesterday, and he said, and I quote, I I still can't believe this. He said, "Since we're in the Emerald Isles here, let me quote the Bard." Well, you're in Ireland. Mm-hmm. No, you're not in Ireland. You're in Scotland. Glasgow's in Scotland, not Ireland. Oh, Great. Yeah, Great. Don't, Mike, you you spend a lot of time around political events, and why do, why doesn't somebody sit down and go make sure you know where we are? Just remember where we are, because he knows the Emerald Isle is Ireland. Obviously, he's not stupid. He's a smart guy. Yeah. Why well, don't they? I, don't they take I, care I, of that? I think that there's. A, Presidents, powerful people in general, do whether they try to or not. They they, they surround themselves with uh, well with factotums. That's true. With uh, with suck ups, and do. these people are afraid to to remind them of something that they already know. I mean, so so it's it's not surprising if and and then again you can ask yourself the question if so what if they did would it matter I and mean, what if what if uh, what if the people surrounding Trump tried to remind him what the truth was? Do you think that would have mattered? Or Biden, for that matter. Mm-hmm. Neither well, one of Biden, them I think he just is. forgets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> With he Trump, I think he just makes it up. Let me put it this way. 
Uh, Biden's made enough money. I guarantee you he knew what he was doing. These people, all this is is money, money, money. I don't care, Democrat, Republican. These pigs, every one of them is just in it for the money now. All of them. I mean, can you name a, a, a Democrat or a Republican out there that's all in for the people? Because I can't think of one. Yeah. And isn't a multi-millionaire or billionaire when they leave office? Yeah, exactly. We need a genuine humanitarian like Elon Musk. Yes, I don't think there's any question about it. I, who could we get that wouldn't be just a, a wheel-and-dealing scumbag like these people are now? And I, and I agree with you on that, Ralph. And I, I'm not going to get on a big political deal here, but I just I don't like any of these. I'm not a Republican, and I'm not a Democrat. Maybe that's part of it. I'm not part of this whole deal. I don't like these people because I don't think you could trust them. I don't. I'm very uncomfortable around people you can't trust. Yeah. You know, no, we're not really even supposed to trust politicians. Well, I, yeah, but it'd be kind of nice if you could believe what they said. Maybe we need uh, we need just a. Uh, like a great scientist like Joe Rogan. Oh, my God. He's a, Okay, now, Gelfin. And his, and his good friend, Aaron Rodgers. Gelfin, no. you, right. you got to do me a favor. And I know some people are going to get pissed off at me about this, and they're going to be all mad, whatever. I don't see the attraction in Joe Rogan's show. I just don't. I tried to listen to him. He's horrible, I think. And well, it, at the same yeah. time, Tom, I mean, I do. I don't watch the whole deal on Spotify or whatever. But it was refreshing seeing him call out uh, CNN in front of Sanjay Gupta. I don't know why oh, Sanjay yeah. Gupta went on there to begin with. But for him to call CNN liars to Sanjay Gupta's face. Well, they're all liars. I, that, that, was, that was very refreshing, man. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed that. I've watched a couple of his interviews, and it's interesting how he gets – Certain people that are, you know, experts and whatever on right. everything, right. and he catches them in things, and he's like, but what about this? And asks them questions right. that they're like, well, right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know. Do you know, and they're supposed to be so educated and fabulous and wrote books on how to know everything about everything or whatever, and he's asking them questions that are just very normal. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I, don't, I've, yeah. I think it's... I think he has a really good way of, in some cases, I haven't listened to every show and I'm not no, a no, huge fan that. or anything like that, that, but I've been sent a couple interviews from people and they're like, oh, it's really interesting how he just catches these people in this. Yeah, because a lot of those people don't even know that, you know, to, the best way to prevent, you know, getting COVID is to take stuff that uh, deworms horses. That's not what he did. That was a lie. And you yeah, well, that's, that's exactly what he called out uh, CNN on in front of it Sanjay is, Gupta. Yeah, and Sanjay Gupta actually agreed with him. Um, but basically, yeah, was there, was a, there was a clip reel of all the CNN personalities just pointing that situation out about the horse dewormer or whatever and, and not mentioning... So that was just Aaron Rodgers who said that? He, he wasn't... Well, Aaron repeated it too. Aaron, Aaron said he was. That was one of the things Aaron took, apparently. And then he. Well, he was. Yeah. Well, he said he said it. Rogan as his good friend. So yeah. Okay. Well, I want to run something by you guys to see if this might cloud my judgment on Joe Rogan. Okay. I'm going to run. This is true. Uh, I've talked to Joe Rogan twice in my life, and he was a raging prick both times I talked to him. Do you think that kind of Kind of weights the way I look at him as a person. It takes the edge off your enthusiasm. And then I take the edge off. He went out of his way to be a prick to me. I don't know what. And I have a lot of friends that are friends of his, too. I don't know. He just, he, my opinion, you want to know, and then some other people get pissed off at me about this, but Rogan, I think, man, maybe that weighs in my judgment as well, but he, he does have little man's disease. There's no doubt about it. Hey, that. hey, hey, hey. You know, <laughs> hey, you're a lot bigger than he is. You got, you're, you're like four little inches taller disease. than he is. Well, so he's, you know, but, he's, uh, I think he's 5'7", isn't he? Um, if he's 5'5", five, five, I'd be shocked. I think somebody actually did a, a flew a plane over L.A. with a banner that said his height, and I think that they were saying he was 5'3", but I think he's taller I think he's five, than 5'3". Five, five, yeah. He's about 5'5", five, five, something like that. I don't know, maybe he's a, I know people that just love the guy. They think he's the nicest guy. Yeah. They're, they're his buddies, and they just love him, so it might be this fact that he's just been a prick to me that I don't like him. 
Well, you look, I mean, look, we were talking earlier about American Rust, and and I know you've had several great interviews with the guy. But once I got on the phone with Jeff Bridges and he, or Jeff, Jeff Daniels, no, Jeff Bridges was great. I love Jeff Bridges. Jeff Daniels is Uh, Jeff Daniels was a prick and I called him out on it. Then he backed off at the end of the interview. Oh, that's good. And, but that was good. But still, you know, you, because of that, you know, his people thought I was late to the interview when in fact he was a half hour late, but somehow in his mind, he's, I'm the late one, right? Because the phone there was a problem with the phone but but you know because of that i now i have this impression of him that i i don't like him you you know what i'm saying so even though i had the satisfaction because i'm not going to put up with any crap from any of these people i called them out a lot of people won't but i thought i'm not gonna you know what my time is just as important as yours so i called him out and he backed off and it's like okay i could i could be over it but you know there's that little thing in my mind that beginning of that interview where it's like it's always going to stick with me so tom i completely understand where you're coming from with well you know very Joe. Quickly, the, my yeah. i i did interview him one time and i'll never forget this either <clears throat> because he comes on and somebody on the show asked him where he's from originally uh he said massachusetts and i said aren't you from boston and he goes the hell do you know about boston like Jesus, pardon me. I just pardon me for asking you a question. You're, you're mean, talking about Rogan again. Yeah, yeah. Well, just, you know, and, but getting to this guy's popularity, I mean, you do have to say whether you like him or not. The fact that he's not beholden to anybody. No, that's is, true. Is no. the reason why this guy is so big. You're right. He's huge. He signed a hundred million dollar deal with uh, Spotify. Yeah. I mean, he's very, very successful. He's been successful on. I don't understand why anybody thinks he's funny because he's not funny in the least. That's the part that I don't get. Yeah, I, he's been a, he has his share of being sycophantic. Sycophantic. Oh, oh yeah. I mean he he you know he said a lot of softball. Quite my my son-in-law and oh, son they listen to him and they say oh you should listen to this and I listen to him and his stuff seems to be formulaic and it always seems you know he was you know he's, he's smoking weed on on the on air oh, yeah, he and, always does and he that. can't with wait Elon get, Musk yeah and then he starts <laughs> with Elon and Musk he, and he exactly. starts talking about oh I want to get into my sensory deprivation tank and say take take some uh, psychedelics. Yeah. You know, and and, it, and there's a it's okay to do that, but it just it just seems like it comes up so frequently. Oh, this is the best thing in the world, and you just keep driving. And I don't yeah. even hear that. I don't want to hear that. You do your interview, enjoy yourself, try to ask good questions. People love them though, man. But, they love so that's them. why I've sort of strayed away from it. I can't. I, I well, don't one crappy thing they pulled on him, CNN pulled on him, was when he came out with his video uh, saying that I have COVID. La la la. Uh-huh. He uh, they used a filter. <laughs> To make him look more sick. Oh, that he shouldn't be doing. That's terrible. Oh and he, that's one of the things that he pointed out to Sanjay Gupta. It's like again, there was yeah. he wasn't taking any prisoners, and and again, I mean, you can like CNN, you can hate whatever. I don't yeah, like any matter. of them across the board. Fox News, either. CNN. But so it was pretty funny when he said, "Look." He compared the real video with the video CNN ran. It's like they ran a filter. They made me look more yellowish. Like I <laughs> well, remember, sick. remember when yeah. the, when OJ Simpson was arrested? He was the blackest man in the world. In those pictures, like and Jesus. that was like Time Magazine or something. It was Time it? Magazine. Yeah. He was like the blackest man ever born on the cover. So it is just entertainment. Our news is entertainment. It is, it is not news. Not news. <laughs> it's not news. You're right. All right, we got to take a break here. Timmy, a fantastic job across the board, Buster Brown. Well, thank you very much, sir. Great to talk with you. Great to talk with you, Mr. Gelfand. I, I, I loved you on the queue for years, and it's oh, awesome you. that you're on uh, the uh, uh, Tom Bernard podcast as well. So I, I look forward to more conversations, hopefully. Yeah, it's fun. Let's do it again. All right. All right, man. All right, everybody have a great week, Tommy. Thursday, uh, we'll do movie reviews on the queue. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much. We'll be right back with Hour 2.